0: You're listening to a special edition of the Action Figure Blues podcast, brought to you by Action Figure This is the AFB QA with Scott Andy Anderson. <laughs> Welcome, valued listener, to the second edition of the AFB q and uh, I'm Ben, a.k.a. Fish Milkshake, and the idea for this special edition of the podcast came from some listener feedback we received, which gave us the notion that you'd like to know a bit more about each of the AFB podcast hosts in terms of our interests, our collections, and really the stories that uh, go behind them. We've already had so much to cover in the regular podcast that we thought it would be best to tackle the sort of in-depth questions in a separate podcast to the main AFB podcast, so we're going to be taking turns sitting in the interview chair and bearing our collecting souls to you. And when we've all had our turn doing the AFB Q&A, we'll tweak this format slightly and we'll use it to introduce other collectors to you and perhaps even chat with some toy industry professionals. And tonight I'm going to be interviewing Scott Andy Anderson. Hello, hello. Well, welcome, Scott, and thank you for joining us. Uh, How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. It's a bit of an unusual position to be in but i'm looking forward to it
0: excellent yes it's a bit of a reverse from episode one and yes. you <laughs> had the benefit of uh, seeing me as the the guinea pig but now True. i get to torture you i mean question you
1: <laughs> i'm sure you're looking forward to that
0: <laughs> all right we're going to kick things off with the toy box 10 We want to find out all about our guests and their collection and collecting habits, etc. But before we get underway, we're going to hit them up with the Toy Box 10. It's a set of rapid-fire questions we'll use to get to know them just a little bit better. Alrighty, here we go. Scott, first toy of any type that you remember having?
1: Uh, it would have to be a Fisher Price uh, train set that I, I remember very well.
0: Ah, excellent. Favourite toy as a child?
1: Um, my, my favorite childhood toy I still have, and he's actually a, a stuffed lion that was the mascot of a bank called the Harris Bank, and he was Hubert the Harris Bank Lion, a little lion with glasses, and I still have him.
0: Wow. Favorite pop culture character.
1: Oh gee, this is so hard. Um um <laughs> I think it might be Aquaman. <laughs>
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um biggest pop culture celebrity crush.
1: Ooh, Susan Day, Partridge nah. Family, uh, big fan, <laughs> big fan.
0: <laughs> All right, and rounding out the first half, Star Wars or Star Trek?
1: I mean, I grew up as a Star Wars kid, but I'd have to say that if I had to choose now, it'd have to be Star
0: Trek. Excellent. I thought there might be some fence sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Holy
1: Grail item. Uh, DC directs, um, Aquaman in a snow globe. It's Aquaman sitting on his throne, it, not a snow globe, a water gro- globe. Um, you know, I've been looking for that one over the years, but I don't think they've aged very well. And so I haven't found one in good enough condi- condition to justify the price.
0: Uh, okay. All right. Favorite pop culture related movie.
1: X-Men two. That's my, that's my fave
0: nice are you out as a collector
1: uh just a little bit <laughs> just a little
0: <laughs> all right favorite ninja turtle
1: well it's time for a confession because i could not tell them apart if i came across them in, on the street <laughs> I, I know i know who they are and um but i couldn't pick them out individually so all of the above
0: <laughs> all right and lastly dream toy line yet to be made
1: you know what? I, w- I would love a really fantastic wave of DC Direct Aquaman family figures. That you know that would be um, a-, a real grail for me. I, I like DC Directs that they're sculpting when they do it well. So you know, Aquaman, Mira, Ocean Master, Aqualad, all-, all in the same style. I'd be so happy.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the Toy Box Ten. <laughs> Okay, well, now we know a little bit about you, Scott. We're going to sort of just uh, go for a bit of a wander through your collection and I guess through your memory as well. And, <laughs> um, I guess we could start from the beginning, but what I'm going to do is throw you a bit of a curveball and then work backwards. So, Great. Right. Um, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> so what kind of collectibles shape your collection now? What, what is it that really sort of floats your boat?
1: Um, the focus now is very much on statues. You know, I've I've gone from figures to it's exclusively statues in my display right now, um, and that's DC Direct, um, Bowen Designs, Sideshow, um, and and then Hot Toys is in there as well, which aren't which aren't quite aren't statues, um, but they're kind of in a different way. But what's actually on display is all statues.
0: Um, that, that's an interesting point because I guess as a statue collector right now it's uh, it's a prime time to be a statue collector
1: uh, absolutely there's so much you know so much happening I think um, you know probably a bit more on the Marvel side than on the DC side although hopefully sideshows is going to help us out a little bit with that um, but definitely you know, it's a great time
0: so would you say you're just mainly a superhero statue collector
1: yeah definitely um, yeah. you know I, I I, I'm not very good at setting, um, parameters on what I collect. I like, you know, <laughs> lot, lots of different things in terms of different lines and that sort of thing. But, um, I don't, uh, statues, I think particularly at the price point that they're at, I, 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 find it very hard to see myself stepping outside the superhero, um, boundary, I guess, to, to pick up anything else.
0: Well, I mean, people who know you, uh, certainly like myself and other members of the AFB forum, know that you're quite a big fan of a lot of properties, not not superhero ones, but uh, everything from sort of Star Wars to Star Trek. You've you've never been tempted to maybe, you know, get a Lord of the Rings statue or something like that?
1: No, no. I mean, Hot Toys-wise, um, you know, I am getting... Uh, their first Star Wars um, figure, and I can see myself going down that line. But I think, just statue-wise, you know, my my display is kind of nearly at maximum capacity in terms of you know the bigger size things that I can show, and you know, it's got a it's got a bit of a cohesion to it, just being DC and Marvel. So I don't think I can see myself going beyond that. And also, I just can't plan afford it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes they do come with a price so yes. yeah excellent excellent all right well um that's where we are now so uh, what I'm going to do is is I guess take you back um, to the beginning and and we'll sort of follow a bit of a timeline to see how we uh, we got to where you are today and uh, I guess if this was a TV show we'd insert those funny little sort of wavy lines to show that we're going back in time Ooh, and... okay yes <laughs> so all right well um look for most people may sort of know about your uh, your your continental travels but that um, you you are uh, an American by birth.
1: That is correct. Yep, I um, was born in Ohio, and then my family moved to Illinois um, when I was uh, three. Which and grew up, I grew up outside of Chicago.
0: Ah, excellent, excellent. All right. Well, as a kid, what sorts of things do you remember sort of seeing in the aisles? What what action figures sort of leapt out at you?
1: Um. I actually have pretty strong memories of the DC and Marvel Mego figures. Um I, I remember never being allowed them. Um uh-huh. you know, I'm not I'm not quite sure why, but I know I, I remember um really coveting some of them but um never being allowed to have them, which is interesting because you know, I I I did have the Star Trek Mego figures. Um, Ah, so, but yeah, but for, but for some reason, um, you know, I don't know what the chronology is, but I I never had the superhero ones. Um, but then obviously, um, a very, the biggest thing for me as a kid was Star Wars. Um, yeah. yeah, And the, uh, yeah, my, my kind of experience of the toy aisle runs started very early with, you know, what exciting things you might find in in, in the, the new Star Wars figures. It was a, a big part of my childhood for sure.
0: Wow, excellent, yeah. I think because yeah, you're from the same generation as I am, we we had a great time with things like Star Wars.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I think, you know, it just it awoke something in you. I mean, I remember going and seeing Star Wars at the drive-in with my family in the station wagon and just, you know, something being lit in there in terms of... Uh, imagination that yeah probably never been the same
0: ah excellent well what series would you say then probably kicked off your awareness of a line and and i guess by that um you know, we all had assorted toys as kids. We, you know, we had one figure from this line and a, a toy truck from a, this line and a Matchbox car. And but what, what line sort of first uh, awoke that interest in you where you had to have multiples from the same universe?
1: Yeah, that would be Star Wars. I mean, I, I had, like I said, I had the Star Trek Mego, um toys, but I was quite young, and that was not something that I. You know, collected. It was just bought for me, Um, and you know, and sadly, none of those survived into adulthood. Um, But you know, the Star Wars toys. I mean, I remember being given the original, um, you know, Luke and uh, C three PO and R two D two figures, and you know, I really avidly collected that line. Um, So that that was my first kind of um, you know experience of the sense of having a collection and, um, adding to it, not just with gifts from other people, but with my own money as well.
0: Excellent. Yeah. That's uh, that was certainly a fantastic line. And look now not trying to draw up any painful memories, but do you still have any of them?
1: I do. I have, I, I, um, kept all of them. And when I, I went back to the States about 10 years ago, and this is kind of what kicked off my, current habit really um, my parents, you know, every time I go back to the States, my parents, I'm um you know, say, Oh, take anything that you want because you never know. We might do something different with that space and whatever. But I mean, it'll, <laughs> it'll be, you know, some things I've told them I don't want hundreds of times and it's still there every time I go back. So, <laughs> um, but I, I did look at, I had the star Trek, um, sorry, star Wars toys and also had the superpowers line, which we, you know, haven't spoken about yet. Oh, yes. Um, and, um, decided, Oh, I should bring those home, you know? And, um, so I, I had, I, sold some of the star Wars figures on eBay and, but that was really what got me into discovering what else was out there. So I've got a, I don't know if you remember those old, um, collectors cases they had, there was a C3PO head and a, yes. a Darth Vader head, yep. um, that you could keep your figures in. And I had the Darth Vader and I still have that. And I still have my favorite, um, vintage star Wars figures in the Darth Bader head collector case.
0: Ah, oh, fantastic, fantastic! All right. Well, uh, still on the childhood thing. Do, you, do you think your parents ever got it? Now, when I say that, um, obviously parents buy their their children toys. But do you ever think that your parents got the whole universe thing? That you know that more Star Wars figures was a good thing, or I think
1: uh, I think that. Um by the time I was collecting superpowers, they got it. Um, that was something that, you know, I, uh, you know, we grew up in the days before there was, um, you know, the internet or any kind of, you know, knowledge of what was coming out. And I remember very vividly being on a trip to Toys R Us and coming across the original superpowers figures with no knowledge that they were, um, you know, coming and just being blown away. And, and I, um, bought with my own money, Aquaman and Green Lantern. And that's, you know, this, that's when I was hooked. Most of the Star Wars, you know, toys I got as gifts or, you know, some of my own money. Um, but you know, I was a bit younger than Star, by the time Superpowers came out, um, I think I was 13. And, um, so I pretty much paid for all of those myself and, um, collected them Um, so I I think they definitely had a sense then. And I think I was that kind of, you know, obsessed that that kid that had obsessions and, um, was, you know, passionately interested in whatever that particular thing was at the time. So they definitely understood that, that it was an obsession.
0: Oh, excellent, excellent! All right. Well, sort of moving forward a, a few years, then you're obviously sort of collecting a few different lines. Did you inevitably go through that stage that sort of teenage boys go through, where they they abandon all their their kitty attachments? And
1: yeah, I mean, not I. I left home when I was seventeen, um, and moved out from Chicago to LA. Um, I, I went to a performing arts high school of sorts and so i had um dreams to pursue as it were and so i spent some time um being a starving artist in la mostly starving <laughs> um and so it was kind of an enforced leaving behind like I, by the time i finished high school i was a rabid comic book collector um i had um you know discovered uh, really by chance discovered Marvel comics. I had some DC comics that my dad had bought me and got me interested in. And then, um, I was given, um, by an older friend, a huge box of Marvel comics and discovered Avengers defenders, fantastic four. And, uh, but I also discovered Legion of superheroes, which is, has, you know, is my favorite comic book series. And, uh, I had started a, um, a newsletter fan club for the Legion of superheroes um ah. that that I was you know publishing and f- photocopying and sending out um not just to people uh, ju- and which was just made by writing to people because in those days your address was published in the letter columns of the comic books yes and so I you know off my own bat, not knowing that there was anything else out there already, I you know wrote letters to the people who were had their letters published in the legion of superheroes um, letter column saying i'd like to start a a fan club and i you know said i'm going to call it interlac and we're going to do this and that and i actually got a letter back saying there's actually already a apa um called interlac which you know if you don't know APAs that was the um deal where you paid a certain amount and you had to contribute something each month and send in the right number of copies. And then someone would collect them all and send them out. So very creatively, I called mine interlap track <laughs> and, um, and had quite a good membership. And uh, in fact, one of the, the kids that was a member has become a, a young adult author called Barry Liger, um, who's got a, a few books out um, and, Uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook. So, you know, my parents definitely knew I was nuts by that stage. But (laughs) but then, you know, I left home at 17, had no money, no resources, you know, and just kind of lost track of comics and that sort of thing altogether. And then, you know, by the time I was 21, I was married and I was living in Australia and um, going to university and kind of too, um, I mean, you know, no sense of too grown up, but just kind of too busy and also, no money to be able to resource it. So yeah, I left it for a really long time.
0: Yeah. And I guess for a lot of us, when, um, we went on to higher education for, for those people that went to college or university, as we call it here in Australia, uh, a lot of the time it, it was a type of, um, forced you know cutbacks so to speak oh, i certainly remember that's one of the most dire times uh in my comic book collecting for sure uh, the, was that that lack of funds
1: yeah the only thing that i ever managed to keep tabs on was the legion there was yep. a <clears throat> when i went to university in wollongong in new south wales in australia and um there was at that time a comic book shop um there was a phantom zone comic book shop in Wollongong, which is no longer there. And, um, I used to go in there, uh, occasionally just to check up on the Legion. And, um, and I did at one stage actually, you know, well and truly before I got back into, um, collecting comics again, I did actually buy up some, um, back issues of Legion just to kind of catch up. Um, but you know, for, for a long time, other than Legion of Superheroes, I had absolutely no idea what was happening in comics.
0: Yeah, well, uh, it's going back to your early days of comic books, um, you know, what what sort of came first for you? Were you sort of getting into superhero toys or were you sort of into the comics that inspired them? Well, I
1: think for me it was first Super Friends.
0: Ah, yes. Yeah, you know, that
1: was huge for me, and that's where my Aquaman love comes from. Right. Then Superpowers. Then my dad um, bought me a couple of Justice League comics once when I was homesick from school when I probably would have been about 12 13 and I that think
0: was, that's a rite of passage for most kids <laughs> absolutely
1: yeah and it was a you know very early 200s Justice League of America George Perez covers um, very nice. very and nice. and there was a link there for me because I knew the characters from from super friends and I found it fascinating to realize oh like there's other characters here and you know some of them actually you know, they were never in the cartoon, but they're a really important part of the history. And it just struck me right away that that sense of um, the the history and the universe. And uh, then and I think for a while I was just getting Justice League of America as many issues as you could get from the the Seven Eleven newsstand, you know, kind of thing. And um, then this. This friend of mine, who was about four years older than me, joined the navy and left home. And he had boxes and boxes of these old Marvel comics I was talking about, yeah. um, with old Marvel comics with with one Legion of Superheroes thrown in. <laughs> and I and I loved that book and just you know, felt like I needed to know more. Um, and I, I somehow scored a whole bunch of Superboy and the Legion superheroes back issues as well. I can't remember where those came from. Um, but that's what really kind of cemented my, my love in that sense. I think particularly with the Legion, that sense that there was such a rich history there and I just wanted to know all about it, yeah, you know? And so yeah. that kind of sense of, wow, there's a world out there. And, um, Another thing that really influenced me too was that in that big box of comics were all the the original series of official handbook of the Marvel Universe comics, oh, yes. and so reading through that and getting the sense of the history there made me just want to know more.
0: They were certainly fantastic. Oh, they're yeah. awesome. So let's just sort of picture you as a, uh, you know, in your mid-teens, you're not actively sort of um, buying toys or, or even comics for that matter. Did did you ever sort of find yourself in the toy aisle of a, of a Toys R Us or something like that, sort of uh, noting what was out, or was it really no, a dark period of your life? <laughs> not,
1: not really. I think, you know, that I think because I... Um, you know, I moved out to LA. I lived there for a year and a bit. And then I actually joined a, a traveling, um, Christian ministry. That's how I met my wife. And so I was on the road for four years in a repertory theater company, performing in schools, churches, nurse, nursing homes, military bases. Um, and you know, it was a, a very fantastic time, but very busy, but a little bit kind of not, not, not isolated, but just, you know, not necessarily, certainly not not a finger on pop culture in that sense. So the first thing I remember in terms of any sense of, you know, the modern day action figures and that sort of thing was I definitely remember seeing the kind of very early Marvel Legends, um, oh, yeah. you know, when the, when they very first came out and thinking then, oh, that would be really cool. Like I remember those characters and and that sort of thing. And that was my first kind of consciousness. But it really wasn't until I – came back from the States on that visit and went to put some of my Star Wars and superpowers figures on eBay that I ended up discovering the DC Direct figures really is what, you know, I discovered. And, um, that's what drew me in.
0: That was certainly one of the things I was leaning into. Um, I, I certainly know for a fact that you've got a, a fantastic collection of DC Direct, and uh, I remember seeing them when they were set up, and you, yeah. you had this sort of glorious display uh, across your shelves, and mm-hmm. eventually that, that grew to display cases. It did. <laughs> they were impressive indeed. And, um, did, so how did you sort of ease into that? Did you discover a particular wave of figures or...?
1: Well, my personality type doesn't really ease into things. Um, (laughs) If I decided to go for it, I'd go for it. And I, once I discovered those, you know, I, you know, used eBay as my friend and, um, I, the idea of the universe, you know, is what appealed to me building a universe in the same way that that's what appealed to me about superpowers, you know, that sense of oh, sure. I've got all the characters. And so, you know, once I discovered what was out there and particularly, you know, some of those early DC direct figures with some of the, um, you know, golden age characters and, um, their, their justice league line, um, you know, it really appealed to me to go back and, and discover those. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, I mean, I think DC Direct never fulfilled its promise in that sense that, you know, it then went down the artist-specific um, avenues and, you know, lost some of that team-building sense, which is what I really loved about it. But that's definitely what appealed to me at the beginning.
0: Now, obviously, DC Direct was, was quite an epic there. You know, they brought out quite a lot of waves of figures and just different sort of inspirations and things like that. So... While you were sort of collecting these figures, did you sort of eventually start dabbling in other areas, other other genres, scales, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, um, the the, the next thing that that drew me in were um, the Art Asylum and Diamond Select um, Star Trek figures because I've always been a big you know Star Trek fan, and I, I, those really appealed to me. And um, I remember also before I started collecting, seeing um, the early that, that very first wave of art asylum figures was sold at Toys R Us here, and, um, I remember seeing those, but then my, w- once I had a comic shop in, um, in Canberra where I was living when I started, um, collecting, they, they had those Star Trek figures, and that's, you know, something that I, really liked, and I also collected the um, Battlestar Galactica figures, which you know, went around, oh, yes, around nice, for yes. very long, but um, yeah. that was a, a great line as well, although the head sculpts kind of let that down a bit compared to the Star Trek figures. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that was – I diverged there for a while, but, um, you know, once I, I realized, I guess, how dedicated I was to this, but also the cost, I, you know, I had to put some boundaries around it, and that's where that kind of superhero, you know, barrier came in.
0: Okay, it's interesting that you mentioned sort of the Star Trek figures and Battlestar Galactica and things like that, and and obviously you're a sci-fi fan, but what are the sort of shows that caught your attention as a child? Um,
1: I remember some of the, you know, I mean, I watched obviously the kind of kiddie cartoons, um, you know, before before Super Friends, um, but then, you know, moved on, to um it was called Battle of the Planets, what I grew up with, Gachaman. Um or, or but I think I grew up with the G Force version actually, that that translation. And um, you know, loved that. Of course I had no idea it wasn't American. Um the, <laughs> as, as a kid.
0: Ah oh, yes, and yeah. along with Star Blazers and yes. Robotech. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Um it's it's embarrassing really. Um but you know, things that you don't discover as a kid. And then um and and had st- Star Wars seeding that as well. I was never actually an original series Star Trek fan. Um you know those they were some of the those episodes as a little kid scared me a bit and so you know, I, I never really got into that. Um but then V is something that I think you know, as a, just a sci-fi property, um, is something that really grabbed my attention as well. And, uh, you know, I remember that being, that was just a sensation at the time when it, when it came out. Um, but I remember, you know, absolutely loving that. I read the novelizations as well. of of Um, so that, that was something that caught my imagination for sure.
0: So were you one of those kids who would always be tuned into the TV on a Friday night at 7.30 watching, you know, whatever show just happened to be out that year, whether it be, uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century or Manimal or Auto Man or oh, you know, man. those kinds of shows?
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, we, we had a, um, a, a TV budget. So, you know, we didn't have it on all the time, which I think's a healthy thing. And, yes. and, um, you know, we had a, a tv budget that we had to um you know kind of decide for ourselves what we would watch and so you know it would be i mean you know some of those staples of my generation like um Love Boat and Fantasy Island that we're on after each other. We used to, you know, always watch that as a family, um, and Dallas, you know, that sort of thing. But oh
0: no, no know, confessions. I, no,
1: well, that, you know, that's I'm just a kid of that generation. Um, yeah. But but yeah, Buck Rogers was definitely something that you know I was a big fan of, and um, I've always been science fiction has just always interested me, and so I've always been open to anything anything new in that regard. You know, I I would always give a go, and I still will. Always give a go.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of those shows that I guess helped sort of shape the, the love we have for, for this kind of property. And you think back now to the number of shows that really they didn't go more than sort of one season. No, and Some no, no. some of them not even sort of half a season, that 13 episodes. Mm. But, you know, we remember them fondly like Manimal. Right? *Animal*,
1: exactly. I mean, that's and- the funny thing.
0: Yeah, and, and Auto Man and uh, The Powers of Matthew Starr and yes. those, those kinds of shows. There was yep. even, of course, the Shazam TV show. Yes.
1: Yeah, oh, Wonder <laughs> Woman. I was a big Wonder Woman fan. Loved that, yes. loved that show. Um, Incredible yeah. Hulk. Yeah, Incredible Hulk for sure.
0: Yeah. So uh, are you a sort of a big fan of any of those properties now?
1: You mean retro-wise or the current ones?
0: Yeah, are there any of those shows that you know you you proudly own the DVD sets of?
1: Yeah, I mean, so many of them just do not stand the test of time, do they?
0: <laughs> they you don't. Know,
1: like, it, I mean, obviously the the one that I would dearly love to to own is the Batman and Robin TV series, which you know hopefully someday we'll have the opportunity to get a, get a proper version of that, and that's something I really loved as a as a kid. Um, the original Battlestar Galactica. And, um, I've got all I've got all of the V stuff on on DVD obviously even the horrendous TV series um <laughs> yeah you know, it didn't start off horrendous but it you know devolved pretty quickly um but yeah th- that and um yeah, not not many others that i that I own you know, some that you'll watch when you're when they're on but yes. I'll probably uh, my, my DVD collection sci-fi wise is mostly modern properties.
0: Well, that's fair enough. All right, so, you know, you're collecting DCD figures, and, and I guess in the mid-'90s, action figures really started to take off. They, they became quite a, um, a merchandising arm for a lot of companies, and... Did you ever find yourself sort of buying a figure just because it looked cool? I mean, what, what comes to mind is uh, for those people who don't know you sort of as intimately as I do, you're you're not a big fan of things like horror movies.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> but uh,
0: <laughs> you didn't ever find yourself looking at, say, one of the McFarlane movie maniacs and, and irrespective of the, the history of the character, just think, you know, I've got to have that figure because it looks cool?
1: No, look, that that is not... The driver for me, I'm, I am, for me, it's about characters. You know, I, I'm always been interested in teams and in team building and that sort of thing. And so, you know, I will um, buy things that yeah you know, i may not be hugely drawn to just from an aesthetic perspective if it's a character that i feel that i need to kind of um fill out a group that that i have i mean certainly i'll give a, some things i might give a go because you know they look interesting but if it doesn't kind of fit within that you know um the parameters of the the things that i collect then just because something looks cool i'm not going to be drawn to it on that basis alone
0: yeah fair enough well that's fair enough all right well you know now you're uh you know you're a lot older than you were then and you' yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're married with a family now yeah. um, you are married to the lovely Janet
1: that's correct,
0: and um we have to say that she's a bit of a bit of a saint due to her uh, her, her, <laughs> her husband's um interesting hobby um, how, how do you find that that she reacts to-
1: um look we are that kind of good balance of, of things in that, you know, we have some really strong similarities in terms of, you know, what we think is important and, um, but you know, we're quite different as well in good ways that balance each other out. And one way that we're very different is that there's nothing collectory about her at all. She is not a keeper. She, you know, something hangs around too long in our house, you know, and, um, without moving it gets thrown away and <laughs> she, she doesn't have a collector bone in her body um and she's not a super sentimental person either so that kind of whole you know nostalgia thing is not something that gets her so when i you know when i first started building up this collection you know she was like look that you know that's great and you know, fantastic but um when, when does it end you know what's the <laughs>
0: But what's uh, what's the stopping? Where is she point? in for a surprise. <laughs> uh, yes.
1: And um you know, and initially, you know, my first kind of you know, probably year or two of collecting action figures, it was all just I, I was keeping it all on the card and it was all just kind of in plastic cases, you know, that sort of thing. So the, the the slow evolution from um, you know, a few plastic boxes of toys to um, you know, I'm just gonna put a few up on these shelves to taking over all the shelves in, in a room that was originally meant to be a study um, to the big display I have now has... Yeah, it's... Um, but but I have to say that, you know, while the size of it gets to her sometimes, that the reason I have such a great display at the moment is because of her, because once it kind of got to a certain size, she said, look, if, if this is... It's, it's, it has to be contained to one room of the house. It's not allowed to be anywhere else. Um, but... She is the person who actually pushed for it. We need to get some proper display cabinets here so that this, if we've got to have it around, it's got to look good. And also I don't want, you know, stuff sitting out, getting dust on it, so it's got to be behind glass doors. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we're we're big IKEA fans in our family, and so we've got the, um, you know, standard Billy bookshelves and Detolfs um, that – take care of my first my action figures and now now my statues but that's partly because of her
0: oh that's fantastic i mean you know having a a hobby like this or i guess any kind of collecting hobby you know you really do need that support of a partner um just to make it that much easier
1: yeah for sure and and you know it is a it is a balance because you know like i said I, i mean i think that on one level if she could you know click her fingers and say right this isn't part of my world she probably (laughs) would (laughs) but she also sees that you know I, i made a conscious decision to return to comic collecting and to um add this as a hobby because i work in a you know a pretty pressured um sort of job and you know i did find myself kind of at a point where I just felt like I didn't have enough in my life to, outside of work, to keep myself balanced. And I think that she can see that um, this has made me a, a more balanced and happier person um, and helped me manage, you know, kind of work stress and life stress better because I've got an outlet. And so she can understand it from that perspective and... Yeah, and, and she is incredibly patient. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well she'd have to be. She'd have yep. to be. Yeah. And, and look, that support goes a a long way, that's for sure. And um yeah, look, I've had the pleasure of meeting Janet and she is indeed lovely and uh, clearly very understanding. Yep. Very understanding. <laughs> now, I mean, you know, she obviously doesn't embrace the the love for the characters that we do, but you know, does she have particular pieces that that she sort of points to and says, I really like that one?
1: Um, now that I've gotten into statues, she can appreciate them more. The figures were not sh- she couldn't kind of get them because she she doesn't have a she doesn't have an understanding of the characters full stop. You know, she still you know, even though she knows like that I love Aquaman, whatever, I don't know that she could hundred percent pick them out of a lineup. You know, she'll she'll look and go now that, that green one with the um the arrows and things—is is that Aquaman? like, oh, honey, no, no. <laughs> um, so, but now, now that now that I've got the statues and they're bigger and she can relate to them more, she can look at them aesthetically and say, I like that, I don't like that. You know, she there are there are elements of the way that the female characters are represented, represented that push some of her buttons, and you know, I my I've, my kids are both girls, and so it is something that you know there are some pieces that I just won't that I would you know, love to have because I don't really look at them in that way. It isn't a, a sexualized thing for me because um, it's about the characters that I know and, and love. Yeah. But, you know, but there are some things that you look at and go, you know what, I really love that character. I love that piece, but I can't have that in my house because I've got a, you know, I've got kids that, you know, are going to take messages from this and so it's just not worth it. Um, yeah. And um, and things also that, you know, some things that if they're kind of a bit smaller that that I know that I can, kind of have but they're going to have to sit at the back of the shelf <laughs> um and uh yeah so but the some of the bigger things she can look at and appreciate just from an aesthetic angle
0: yeah and it certainly sounds like you know i think um she's probably grown as much as you have over time i, I can certainly uh, i know this is not about me but uh, my wife joe you know I, I remember in the early days she would sort of comment about Power Girl and and Power Girl's bust, and now she looks at the line of um, the DC Cover Girls by Adam Hughes and she thinks it's a fantastic-looking line, and, you know, um, she's quite supportive of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I'm I'm conscious of her in that, in that there are things that, you know, I will look... And and some things for me just kind of push... If it's unnecessarily gratuitous, I don't actually like it either. You know, like the the one... um, DC Boucher statue that I don't have as Catwoman, and that's because you know she's got her um, costume unzipped kind of to her navel and her boobs hanging out, and and I just to me that's not actually I don't like that that look. I like her costume you know, the way it is, and I feel I just feel like it is gratuitous and yes. so that's not kind of my thing either you know in that sense i suppose that that helps me avoid some conflict
0: <laughs> yeah sometimes less is more
1: yes absolutely
0: yeah all right well i mean let's just step back again and you're you're right into the uh, the dcd figures etc and um how did you actually get into the world of uh, i guess the online world
1: um that is a good question I think that I discovered the um, soon-to-be-no-longer DC Direct message board. Oh, that would have been my first, you know, kind of introduction to um, to fandom because I you know, was looking on the um, DC Direct website, obviously, at new releases, and then went and looked at the message board, um, which when I first discovered it was quite an active... Um, board with lots of people in it.
0: It's and, actually amazing just how many people started there. Uh, like a lot of people started there.
1: Absolutely. And then, um, you know, from there I filtered over to a, a board that is no more called The Douche, and that was um, kind of a, an exodus of, you know, similar similarly-minded collectors that left the, the DC message boards to go there. And I came in kind of right at the the end of the first – Life of that, um, and, uh, hooked up with another board which had other names, but is now known as Critical Mess. Um, and that was actually the, the first place where I actually really felt a part of a community there. I joined kind of right when it first started, and, um, you know, one of the admins there in particular, um, really made me feel welcome and got to know me, and, um, you know, it was from there that, um, yeah, I I got a sense of um, the online fandom as far as action figures go.
0: Yeah, there's certainly a a fantastic online community, and, and being a part of that is is actually quite fulfilling. And um, you know, I imagine you've got some very good stories about um, sort of people that you've never met face to face, but you know, and living on the other side of the world, helping you out with For your sure.
1: collection. For sure. For sure. And I think you know, I, my experience. I've never been drawn to those big nameless you know boards where you don't know anyone um because to me they just devolve into stupid arguments and lots of people being horrible to each other so it's like you know for example this is an action figure related but whenever I go to the internet movie database if I ever make the mistake of looking at a message board there you know it just it devolves into people saying horrible things to each other in three posts. And you think, Oh, now I remember why I never come here. And there, there, there are some toy boards that are the same, you know, that are, it's not about people actually getting to know each other. It's just about people, um, showing off, how much they know or how horrible they can be to someone else. Um, and the, the places that I've been drawn to are ones where, you know, it isn't necessarily a huge group of people, but it is people who actually do kind of take the time to get to know each other and know a bit more about each other than just, you know, who your favorite superhero is and what you like to collect. And, you know, particularly being in Australia, I have been very fortunate to have people that have gone out of their way for me to help me get things that I wouldn't be able to get otherwise. And, um, yeah, it's definitely built that sense of community. You know, there's some people that, you know, in a, in an online sense, but you wouldn't necessarily count as a personal friend or people that you're happy chatting to in places. But for instance, you know, Like on my personal Facebook account, I just don't add anyone from those worlds in because I happen to see their own Facebook. I would only add someone in um, because, you know, I'm very conscious of my family, my kids. They're not a part of this and I don't want to expose them, you know, beyond people that I know that I trust. But I've got quite a few people that I haven't met that I would really count as a, a personal friend because of just the interactions that we've had or things that they've done for you. So it's been a very positive
0: thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, yeah, and I guess moving from there, we, we saw the uh, eventual, um, I, I guess, birth of what we now know as the Action Figure Blues blog. And So how did that come about?
1: Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, I, I, I was doing some pretty – lengthy reviews on um other forums about what I was buying and it was more just kind of a sense of to to bring some some sense to it um and to, you know i was i started it still when I was very much in the d c direct um uh vein and the um action figure blues you know think i think that actually the original tagline said you know, the trials and travails of a DC direct collector. Oh, um, you okay. know, yeah. Like so, which that didn't last very long, but, um, it, you know, it was very focused on that at the beginning and it was more just, a. I never set out to be a comprehensive review site. It was always just about my journey as a collector. Um, but at the beginning it was really just a way of, you know, making sense of it and having, being able to gather my thoughts in one place to be able to look back at it for myself without much thought that, there'd be too many people interested in it.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, speaking of interested in it, the the obvious um, branch out from the blog was, of course, the forum. And uh, you've often mentioned that the the forum has exceeded sort of your wildest expectations.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the forum came out of a particular time in the boards that I was a part of where um, one was dying and i wasn't finding the other one super rewarding and um in that sense that um you know like i i like people that can be nice to each other you know not to say that you know we we can't disagree um you know we can disagree but just because you disagree with somebody about uh, you know something to do with toys or um movies that you know you don't have to then devolve into personal insults or disrespecting them as a person. And so it really did just come out of, you know, I just want a place where, I mean, probably there was a lot of people commenting on the blog and people, you know, had a sense kind of, you know, wanting to interact about the reviews and things that I was doing. But then I thought, you know, I'll just attach a little message board to it so that, you know, there's a place where I know that I can kind of go and discuss and I'm going to set the, the culture. I guess, in terms of how we relate to each other and really try to make sure that it is positive. And, um, you know, I think that that's, that's something that obviously um, means something to some other people as well. And I think the people that have kind of come into the forum and and hung around are people who, you know, have a, a similar desire to, yeah, it's not, you know, I don't care if people disagree with me. I don't care if people don't, you know, like what I like. But um, if I'm going to spend my free time... Um, talking to other people about it, well, I'd like to be respected and I think other people appreciate that as well.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more and I certainly think the, I guess, the atmosphere of AFB uh, is really quite obvious once you um, you do actually uh, step in into the forum world and uh, I think to this day that there's never actually been a, an active member band has there
1: no 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 we don't do that
0: <laughs> so I, I think that's because you know we we do have a, a strict group of admins who are uh, quick to uh, defuse situations
1: yeah well I think the, the key there is to diffuse it by actually relating to people not I mean like you, know, you go to some boards where um, stuff just gets locked or deleted or whatever and that you know that doesn't um build a positive culture in my view, but you know, we've we have different personalities and sometimes we have people that, you know, have trouble getting along, et cetera. But then, you know, you actually take the time to get alongside that person and talk them through it. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's just that it's a very limited medium. Um, yeah. when, when all you've got is writing and a few smileys, um, to communicate how you feel. And some people do that better than others. And some people interpret that better than others. And so, I think you've got to approach everyone with a bit of the benefit of the doubt. And, um, and, you know, but there's times where then you do have to kind of privately get alongside people and say, look, um, don't know if this is actually what you're you know wanting to communicate here, but do you realize it's coming across this way? And they might take that on board and, um, do something about it to address it. Or occasionally yeah. then, well, they might, you know, you mightn't hear from them again, but at least you've given them the respect of, you know, kind of treating them as an individual and giving them a, a chance to deal with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so I'm going to sort of step back a, a little bit again and um, let, let's sort of pick up when you're in the, the middle of collecting DC Direct sort of superhero figures and um, Star Trek, et cetera. Was Was there a point where you actually stopped and stepped back and took one look and went, wow, uh, I'm actually a collector?
1: Um, look, when I very first, when I very first started buying figures, I actually was buying more than just DC Direct. I was, I bought up a lot of the, you know um toy biz three and three quarter x-men figures and right. you know all that sort of thing like that, and really went nuts and then when i realized just like the space and money or whatever that's when i you know i paired it right back to dc direction sold other stuff and um you know tried to be a bit more focused so i guess it was probably at that point when it went from wow there's some cool stuff in you know whatever to you know getting an understanding of what was actually coming and deciding to kind of focus on collecting that particular thing. Um, that, you know, that's when I, I, I guess I felt like a collector and, you know, when I, when I finally got a display happening, um, then I had a sense of, you know, I'm actually in this for the long haul.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And, and certainly there's the uh, the buying of previews magazine or, or flicking through it at your comic shop and putting your name down in advance for, for things that haven't yet come out.
1: Oh, yes. And and I was very fortunate to, you know, my, my first ever, you know, local comic shop, it was, you know, the one that you still go to, which was Dee's Books and Comics in, in Canberra. And I was very fortunate to to find them because, you know, it's a, a, smaller shop where, you know, you see the same people all the time and they get to know you and look, you know, they looked after me very well, um, in terms of, you know, sometimes setting aside things that maybe I hadn't, um, ordered or pre-ordered to just say, look, you know, we know that you might, like this, whether it's comics or toys wise and, you know, no pressure, but if you want it, here it is. And, you know, so I'm, mean, you know, not, not in a pushy way at all, uh, but just in a, in a helpful way. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so I think that cause I, I, as much as I am an extrovert in many ways, I'm not good at, um, you know, like some bigger shops um, that that where you feel a bit more nameless I'm not good at putting myself forward in those sort of situations. If you don't kind of, you know, respond to me and I get a sense that you're actually interested in me, well, I'm not going to keep coming back because I just don't, don't want to be just kind of one of the nameless crowd. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, I could have gone somewhere else um, and, you know, been just a casual reader or a buyer because I wouldn't have had that sense of connection. Um, but because I got that sense of connection at, at D's, that definitely... Roped me in, I guess
0: <laughs> Alright, well, now we started off Certainly talking about your collection As it stands now But there obviously had to be a starting point That point where you, I guess Crossed over the line from action figures To the statue world So how did that sort of uh, That that first statue come about? Well <laughs> i uh, um, I, yeah. I personally remember this quite clearly Oh, do you? Oh, yes
1: uh oh, we're talking <laughs>
0: statue or bust statue,
1: okay, well, I had some busts first, <laughs> yeah, so the bust wise, um yeah, now, now, yeah, but bust wise it was the banshee bust from Bowen designs because I'm I've always been a big banshee fan, I always liked the you know kind of second-rate character that gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um,
0: but yeah, I was, always, yeah. Yeah,
1: I was I, a Banshee fan.
0: I think he is actually dead at the moment, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is, yeah,
1: he is. And um, and I remember seeing that bust solicited and thinking, whoa, that is so cool. I really like that character. I'm certainly not going to start collecting busts or anything, but I'm going to order that. And I ordered that from Dee's. And once I got that, you know, the busts sort of slowly trickled in. So then I was just collecting busts. Um and I started collecting some DC direct busts as well. And uh then the the statue, and I guess you know when you asked me before have you ever bought anything just because you thought it looked cool, um my first full-size statue was actually the Bowen Designs modern cable statue. Yes. Um and I bought that because I thought it looked cool. <laughs>
0: Uh, look, I, I can still remember you reviewing the statue on the blog and I could just remember thinking, oh, Scott, 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 oh, it's, it's a slippery slope it's and slippery you've, slope. you've just gone head over heels.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, because I remember I, I bought that at the other um, comic shop in Canberra that I won't name because I don't really want to give them any advertising because they're one of those big, you know, unfriendly places where you're just nameless. Um, But I I remember walking in and looking at that and just going, that is so cool. And I was never a big cable fan, you know, like in terms of, of, of any character that I might be predisposed to crack and buy a statue of, you know, I would never have thought because, you know, I, Cable kind of came and mostly went in my long hiatus from, from comics. So yeah. it took me yeah. a long time to actually just work out who is this guy? Cause we, by the time I came back to comics, he was in the background. Yes. Um, and so it took me a long time to work out even who he was. Um, but there was just something about that the pose and it's quite a tall statue and you know, he's got big guns and it just looked awesome. I didn't buy it on the spot. I went away and, um, and came back to it. But, um, yeah, I just, that, and then of course, you know, once you have one, then you're just opening the door, aren't you? To <laughs> <laughs> others filtering in. But I saw, you know, that I, I really liked it and yeah, there you go.
0: And, and certainly, I mean, once you have one and, then... Getting a few Bowens lined up, they they certainly do look impressive. But I mean, when you're looking at a new Bowen statue, uh, what sorts of things do you look at? Obviously, there's the character selection; There has to be a character that you are sort of somewhat interested in. Yep. But do you do you look for a particular costume? Do you look for a particular pose? Um, well,
1: I'm looking first of all for. I mean, I, I'm my main kind of focus focuses or foci um, with Bowen is avengers and x-men more avengers really um because they've done so many of them um but then you know i'm i'm definitely biased towards you know the kind of the the more classic characters particularly you know bronze age you know sort of sort of characters um you know there's some modern um characters that i wouldn't necessarily you know go for or if i have a choice between a a classic look and a modern look then i'm generally um, you know, veering towards the classic, yeah. Um, and yeah, I tend to you know, Bowen does um, both what they call museum statues and action statues. So museum is just like a a standing pose of some sort, and then action's got a bit more happening. And I tend to go for the museum statues simply because they display better in groups, and you. yeah, and I'm you know, I'm collecting teams, so yeah, but but. I'll break that rule all the time, of course, too, if, if it's a character that I like or um, you know something so. But you know, there's just all, all obviously sometimes there's going to be a particular piece that you just look at and personally go, yeah, no, no, I'll wait for the next one. I just don't like that pose or that look or that costume, but I, I couldn't put a formula to it for me.
0: What about the opposite then? Has there been a Bowen statue where you've loved the variations so much that you'd actually consider buying, you know, two of the same character?
1: Um, I've tried to really stick to just one. And I've even, once I moved from, from statues to busts, I've been selling um, the busts um, because just because, yeah, I mean, partly just from a money perspective, like, you know, you've got to, you've got to have some sort of balance, you know, like you can't, um, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I've done very well in what I do. And, um, you know, I earn a income where I can look after my family comfortably and live comfortably and still have money left over to, um, have a, have a hobby, but it's still, it is, you know, money that doesn't produce anything else. And so you've got to be a bit responsible with it. And, um, so just to try and put those boundaries to say, right, if I get a, a uh, full size statue um, that I'm going to sell the bust. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't have any. Um, I don't have any double up characters statue wise. I'm sure I'm going to. I'll leave here and go look at it and go. Oh damn, I forgot about <laughs> Lagoon Boy. He I've got two of him. So no, I you know, really try to stick to. It. Like for instance, um, I, at one stage, you know, I I've had some Kodobukia statues and um you know i had the dr doom codobekia cuz i quite liked that one but i've i've decided you know not to continue with the codobekia statues for a couple of reasons and so i've sold the codobekia dr doom who, which is a little bit big to be in scale with the bowen statues yeah. and bought the bowen um i bought a iron man a bowen iron man that i got and just decided I don't really like the pose of it. So, you know, but that one has to go before I can get a new, a new one. Um, just, just got to kick some balance. I can double up on a character. If there's like a particular, you know, sideshow piece that, um, I really like then for a favorite character, then I will double up with that, but not two within the same company.
0: Fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, you you mentioned that you know that this this is a hobby, and that it obviously it can take up a, a lot of time. And now you've mentioned your family. You've got two beautiful girls. Yep. How how do they react?
1: Well, I've got two. My kids are very different. I don't. I, I never name them. You know, on, on online, et cetera. And um, but I've got one. Um, my older one is right into what I'm into right into it um, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and and it's not something that I pushed on either either one um, but yeah you know, it's obviously around and the older one has gotten to the point now where um, she has her own standing order at our comic shop in Melbourne which is all-star comics <laughs> and um, she collects flash and young justice and Batman brave and the bold and anything else wow. like that that comes along and she's actually got her own little toy collection happening and it's it's flash stuff, and then also she's collecting the young justice figures, and also those um, Funko Pop vinyl oh, yes. characters, the DC ones of those. She's got those eighteen of those out at the moment, and she has one um, left to finish that uh, collection. She's you know paying for them with her own money, unless it's a a, a Christmas present. Um, and then my my younger one is. Uh, girly girl dancing fairies horses <laughs> not interested in Daddy's superheroes thing um my f- funny story with my older one um you know one i got a um oh, my first sideshow premium format figure I got was the she hulk oh, yes. and um Brilliant. which i I just love I got the exclusive and I love it and I remember putting that up on top of my a couple of my detolfs and standing there, and my eldest one looked at it and she said, You know what the best thing about this is, Dad? And I said, What? And she said, I'm going to inherit this when you die.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, somewhat heartwarming, yeah, but at the is. same time, terrifying.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. But yet, yeah, you know, she's amazing. She could go through, and if you know my collection, like, I mean, there's a fair bit on display. She can go through and name every single character. Wow. You know, and stuff that sometimes, you know, when I, like I, uh, on the weekend she was with me and I was doing a bunch of photographing of statues for, you know, upcoming reviews for the blogs. So I tend to do it in, in lots cause it's a big production to get all the stuff out. And, yeah. um, you know, a couple of the statues are brought out. She looked at it and went, Oh, I didn't know you had Captain Britain. And I'm thinking, I didn't know that you knew who Captain Britain was. Like <laughs> how, how did you, <laughs> like, so, you yeah, know, she's pretty amazing like that.
0: Fantastic. Now, you know, obviously having um, girls that age, they they have sleepovers and things like that. Um, you know, how do they react and how do their friends react when they, they sort of all come over and, and there's sort of this gaggle of girls looking at these, uh, <laughs> these superheroes on display?
1: Yeah. I mean, most kids these days, you know, they have a pop culture connection to a certain... Level a certain layer of characters. So, you know, they know Hulk and they know, um, Iron Man and, um, you know, they know Superman and Wonder Woman. And so most kids, you know, occasionally you get the kid that will just kind of not relate to it at all. But most kids, you know, go into my display room and go nuts, you know, that they, um, yeah. go, wow, this and that and that, or whatever. And, um, yeah, some it's interesting sometimes when you, we have visitors or, um, you know, have friends, Uh, of the kids come around and the parents come in. And at the moment, um, my display is like right off the entrance of the house is a open room that you turn right. And there it is. And they will just look in and go, Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, most people have some sort of connection to it and they'll get chatting to you about it and, um, you know, ask interesting or uninteresting questions as the case may be.
0: Excellent. That's great. Now, I guess once you've got a fantastic display up, it, it it does look amazing, especially with some of the the sort of high end pieces. But what what sort of sense of satisfaction do you get from it? Like, what what does this sort of collection do for you?
1: Um, it, it gives me a a bit of a anchor, I guess, in terms of you know, I think it is healthy just mentally to have things to think about that are positive. Yeah. And, you know, there, I don't get a lot of time, um, you know, during the, the week to do much about it. And sometimes, you know, I can get things and it can take me quite a while to actually get them into, into the display or get them reviewed. You know, I've never tried to set a, a goal to be you know, to get the first review up or things. That's pretty hard being in Australia anyway, but also, you know, I just review things when I finally get to them, um, because it's, you know, it's, it's my thing, but I think, you know, it's, it helps me to, um, be, um, just a bit more balanced, you know, if you're having a hard day or whatever, then sometimes you can just cast your mind to that and think, well, I've got this to look forward to. And, you know, that, that's, that's a positive thing.
0: That's excellent. Did but do you ever have sort of your off days where you turn up at the post box and there's nothing waiting for you and you think, Oh,
1: well, no, I mean, I think as it's grown, I think, you know, I do have a sense of that, you know, I don't, I do want to kind of keep it in proportion. I don't, you know, I, I, um, spent a lot of time actually in the Christmas holidays selling a lot of stuff. Um, and not because I needed the money or whatever, but just because I thought, you know, I, I need to, to make sure that there is a balance here in that it doesn't overwhelm, um, things, you know, particularly when you collect statues and you have to co- save all the boxes. Um, you know, like I have, my garage is one third what my wife calls my boxes of boxes because I've got them in, (laughs) in in plastic crates and things and you can look at it and it can be a little bit daunting, you know, to think, Oh my God, I've got this much crap. Like, um, so, you know, I do, I do want to keep it in, in balance. And I I think, you know, earlier on, you know, if I went a couple of weeks and didn't have a new acquisition, I would feel a bit itchy, but now, you know, I'm trying to be a bit more considerate about what I add to my collection because, you know, I do have a sense of that I don't have space for everything that I would like. And so therefore, if I'm going to give something space in my collection, it's got to be something that I really like. And so I think I'm enjoying now more rather than just acquiring things, you know, really planning and looking forward to what that next acquisition is going to be. And it may not be the next, you know, five cool new things that come out.
0: Oh, Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, having a a hobby like ours, there's um, certainly uh, quite a bit of effort in it, I guess, in in acquiring these items, especially given that we we live on the the other side of the world. Um, You know, have you got any sort of favourite stories about how you've acquired some of these items?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, one thing that the focus of what I blog about at Action Figure Blues is always partly about the story. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm never trying to give, you know, the 10 point rating or, um, you know, give a detailed breakdown of each thing. A lot of it is about the story. So, you know, lots of them have stories attached about stupid things that happen at the post office, et cetera. Um, <laughs> but, you know, one, one thing, because a lot of stupid things happen at the post office, I gotta say. <laughs> um, but, <Yes. laughs> but, um, one thing that comes to mind actually is, um, I, I made a trip to singapore a couple of years ago and it was for a professional thing but i um you know did a bit of hunting around for where i might find you know toys and that sort of thing and um and i've been to a couple of places and been a little bit let down in that it wasn't quite what i was you know looking for and then on the last day um before i was to go home i i stayed in chinatown in singapore which i would highly recommend if you ever go that is the place to stay it is amazing and um i i was really just looking for coffee actually because it was hot it's always hot in singapore and um i w- was looking for a, a coffee and i went into this very nondescript three-story shopping mall um and it was wall to wall three floors of Toy stores. Oh. Not not toy, Toys R Us toy stores, but action figure stores. Wow. And I remember, like, I got my coffee and I rang my wife and said, I just found Toy Heaven. I may not be home. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, why, why are you ringing me from Singapore? And I was like, no, you don't understand. I just found a shopping mall.
0: Of choice, Like <laughs> Clear um, the credit card.
1: <laughs> and, um, you know, it was funny. I actually didn't buy a lot because, you know, a lot of it was stuff that I already had, but it was just kind of seeing it in a different way. Um, you know, seeing places where you go in and there would be, you know, kind of little plastic bags of every DC universe, classic Marvel legends figure, every builder figure connection, connect whatever that you can imagine. Um, you know, but then, you know, lots of vintage stuff as well. Um, I got, you know, Couple of things that I couldn't um hadn't found elsewhere, but the prices were pretty similar to what we would pay, so it wasn't like a big huge steal. And I got a couple of things, and then as I was leaving, someone said, "Are you coming back for the markets tonight?" I was like, oh, "What's that?" And I said, "Oh, well, you know, there's markets tonight where there'll be people out with you know individual tables, and it's just like individual collectors and things, and you should come." So I went back that night, and there, it was wall to wall. Then people with little kind of card tables selling their own stuff.
0: Oh, wow. And,
1: and I, what I ended up getting for a ridiculous price was the, um, sideshow Scarlet Witch comicette.
0: Ah, very nice.
1: The, you know, with her remote controlling a little vision. I just absolutely love that piece. That's one of my, you know, favorite things. And, um, you know, I, I paid an unspeakably cheap price for it. Um, and to the point where I thought, you know, even though I'm going to have to post this home, from singapore it's still worth my while to buy it this way yeah. and uh then i you know so i did that deal and i took it and i took it back to the hotel where i was staying and i said look i just need to try and work out i've got to post this and i'm leaving tomorrow and i need to work out what to do and they said oh we'll organize that we'll send you we'll send it home for you i was like oh that's fantastic well you, know, you can just charge it to my room and they said no we'll send it home for you <laughs> And I'm like, what, you mean for free?
0: (laughs) Wow. Everybody write down the name of that hotel. (laughs) And so,
1: look, now I have to say it took a long time to come. And I did, you know, start to think, I think I've been tricked, (laughs) you know, but when it arrived, it was, so, you know, it's remained a memorable piece of my collection, A, because I really like it and B, because of the great story that was attached to it.
0: Yeah. No, that is a great story, <laughs> and, and it is a beautiful piece. It is, yeah. So, like, mine's about two feet away from me at the moment. <laughs> all right, well, we're we're sort of coming to a, a bit of an end of, uh, of the interview, and so I might sort of just wrap up, and I'm going to grill you about a few of the favourites in your collection. Okay. All right, well, if you had to get rid of all of your action figures... No! Then
1: I can't, no.
0: If you could keep just one action figure, what would it be?
1: Well, I said before I don't have any action figures on display, but that's actually not true. I have one shelf of action figures, which are actually a custom set of Bronze Age Legion of Superheroes that – a great customizer called Dr. Terrific who posts at critical mess and at the action figure blues forum has been working on me for a number working on for me for a number of years now. And my absolute favorite, um, from that is his phantom girl. She's my favorite Legionnaire. um, I couldn't tell you why, but she just just is. And, um, I think of all of the figures that he's done, partly I think because he knows that she's my favorite, he puts so much work into it. It's the, you know, classic Cochrane grill, um, you know, flare pants and, um, Yeah, yeah, beautiful and it is just brilliant. So you know, if I had to give everything else up, that would be the one that I would hold on to.
0: Mm, very nice, very nice. All right, well, let's uh, flip the tables to the high end now, and you're only allowed to keep one statue. What What would be the fave?
1: Look, as much as I love all of my Bowen pieces, that, that premium for- format She-Hulk, you know, it to me, it's just such a beautiful piece. You know, some things, after they've sat in your display for a while, you can kind of walk past them and, and take them for granted. And, you know, no matter how long I've had her... I still have to stop and admire it every time I walk past. I just I love it. It's the pose, it's the head sculpt, it's the facial expression. It's all done perfectly, and um, so that'd be the one I want to keep to keep looking at.
0: Yeah, she's gorgeous and gigantic too. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I I got the exclusive version, so she's holding the parking meter. You know, and that I just there's something about the kind of comedic element of that um, (laughs) that I just I just
0: love it ah oh, wonderful all right now what about a, a favorite unusual piece something that's just a little bit different for you
1: mm. <laughs> look i've got uh, one you know one character that i do have obviously lots of stuff of is aquaman and um i you know i've got anything aquaman action figure or toyish i will buy and you know one one thing that um I do have uh, that I really like from my Aquaman collection is the, um, justice league, uh, of Aquaman. And I don't normally, you know, buy animated stuff. Um, you know, I don't like I've, I, I just as unlimited the action figures I do have, but in terms of statues, I wouldn't spend money on a, um, statue of animated stuff, but I, I love that, that particular piece. I think it, I love that version of Aquaman. I think it, you know, it's great. So, yeah, probably that.
0: Mm, very nice. Very nice. All right. And just finally, what what would be your favourite piece that is yet to be made?
1: Um, you mean something that doesn't exist? But... That's exactly okay, right. right.
0: So if you could choose a character and a format and a scale, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Save the best to last.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So many choices. So many choices. Look, um... I think Phantom Girl is a really favorite character of mine. And I'd I'd, I'd I'd be very torn between either, you know, there's a couple of pieces I really feel like my Bowen Avengers um, co- collection is never going to be complete without. Um, you know, two of the main Avengers from my day, which was, um, now photon, but previously Captain Marvel, Monica Rambo, and also yes. Star Fox as well. Um, you oh. know, who you know, I'm sure we're never going to get him, but but the, you know, they were they were big deal Avengers in my time, and I just feel like I'm never going to be able to look at my Bowen um, Avengers display and feel like it's complete without those two. Um, but then you know, if I could get a Cover Girl's Phantom Girl statue. But Adam Hughes, that would be hoo, 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 hoo,
0: hoo, hoo. <laughs> wow. That, no, that's a very nice choice, and and it, it's sad that that line never actually extended to to groups like the Legion.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's still I, I hold out hope. You never know, like you never know. <laughs> like, and and but the, you know, the other thing too is that I do think that, and we talked about this a little bit on one of our podcasts, but you know, I think that the advent of three D printing and what that means, um, you know. I think is going to make things like that ultimately more accessible. Um, yeah. like, you know, I've mentioned, um, on our podcast that I'm working on a commission with a digital sculpture at the moment. Um, and that's a, at the moment it's a, you know, a somewhat expensive pursuit. And so you have to be really selective about what you would, you know, spend that money on. But I, I think that, you know, like, like all technology, um, the, the, the availability and the price, um, drops fairly quickly. And so, you know, I, I think that I can see a future where, you know, I wouldn't be able to afford to commission statues of every character that I might like, but where those couple of grail things are definitely possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic choices. Very nice, very nice. All right, well, that's bringing us uh, to an end of this interview, and, uh, yeah, it's been quite the epic, and but we've certainly uh, got to learn, we've certainly learnt a lot about you, and um, I, I certainly feel like I'm a better person for having known you. And, oh, uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, no, I think, you know, you've contributed a lot to, to the online sort of toy community and, and people like myself who get to hang out at AFB, um, you know quite a bit uh, certainly grateful and I've known you for quite a few years now and um, I've certainly found you to be a, a fantastic friend. And, uh,
1: oh, yeah, much.
0: so just want to wrap this up. by I guess thank you very much for your time, and I, I hope you've enjoyed this.
1: I sure have. I never have difficulty talking about myself,
0: <laughs>
1: for, a bit, for better or for worse. But, no, it's great to have the chance to kind of stop and reflect because you don't actually get to do that, do that very often. So, um, yeah, I, I certainly hope that it, it gets, it means a lot to me that people enjoy what we do and, um, you know, ultimately you've got to do it for your own benefit, but if other people enjoy it, that's great. And I do think, you know, something that I do strive to try and be is a positive person. Um, and I hope that some of that, you know, if that wears off on other people, well, that's a, that's a great thing.
0: Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the AFB podcast Q&A. That's episode two with uh, Scott Andy Anderson, thanking him very much for his time and effort. Now, when we come back after this short little break, we'll just do a bit of a a wrap-up and sign-off. Well, that brings us to an end of this episode of the Action Figure Blues podcast Q&A. You'll be able to download episodes of the Q&A as well as the regular podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab, or of course, you can subscribe at iTunes. And if you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review. So um, while you're at Action Figure Blues, you might like to drop in and say hello. You can find Scott posting there under the username of Andy, and you can find myself, Ben, posting there under the username of fish milkshake so we'd like to thank you very much and if you have any comments or suggestions you can send those to podcast at actionfigureblues.com or by joining the afb forum and telling us there so that's it for tonight thank you very much for listening and uh, we hope to see you again